Scottish and Scared. I'm Stephanie and before we get into it, if you guys listening have ever had any strange or unusual experiences or you have any requests for future episodes, please email them over to us at scottishandscared at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at scottishandscaredpod and if you wouldn't mind, please rate, review and share wherever you may be listening. It really does help us guys. Thank you so much. So, firstly, I would like to say if you can hear a loud thumping noise in the background, it is my neighbours. For some reason, they are completely silent the whole day until I come out of this room and then it's like they're moving shit about. Uh, I don't know what they're doing, but I do apologise if you can hear them banging about in the background. Uh, Secondly, if you hear me slurping on my tea, I do apologise for that as well. It is absolutely freezing in this room, so I thought I would make myself a nice little cup of tea. To warm me up. I hope everyone's had a nice week and weekend and everyone's looking forward to Christmas. Uh, I don't particularly like Christmas but for some reason this year I am kind of looking forward to it. I think it's because I've been locked in the house since March so that's kind of why I think. We have our Christmas bubble so we have our eight people in our little Christmas bubble for Christmas day and we are going to be making cocktails and playing drinking games so that sounds like a really really good Christmas to me. Not much has been on this week for me guys. I have been helping family members do some DIY, doing some painting, housework. I have visited my nephews quite a bit, uh, which is making me feel a lot better, perking my spirits up a bit. And that's about the extent of it guys. So without further ado, let's get in to the episode. So as we know, Scotland has a particularly bloody history when it comes to the witch trials. I have done an episode specifically centred around the witch trials that took place here in Scotland, so if you're interested in that, please go check that out. But today's episode will be focused specifically on the witches of Pollock House and maybe some of the ghost stories that go along with it. This event took place in 1677 in Pollock, which is in the south side here in Glasgow, more specifically within Pollock House, which is located on a very large estate. This estate is so grand, it has been referred to as Scotland's Downton Abbey. Now, I have never actually seen Downton Abbey, nor do I want to, so I have no idea what that means, but I am assuming it means it's very grand and beautiful and regal. You are able to go visit Pollock House, and they do hold a lot of seasonal activities, such as candlelit tours, where they go through the different Christmas traditions that would take would have taken place They are in Pollock House. They also have a few events for children where they can bring their Christmas letters to be sent to Mrs Claus. So very cheesy stuff, but again, very heartwarming at the same time. As some of you may know, as I just said, I'm not a big fan of Christmas, so the thought of carrying out any of these activities makes me slightly queasy. Although I think once I actually have children, Christmas might change a little bit for me because I actually have to be like in the spirit and buying gifts and stuff so maybe when I have children that will change but right now I'm just I'm not about it. The estate was the home of the Maxwell family and was owned by Sir George Maxwell who would sometimes go by Laird or Lord. He inherited the home by a relative as he was the only living relative who was male and in those days if you were a woman you could not inherit land etc. 
I feel like uh, during this time, most men in power were pretty um, bad men and they were very unliked by their peers. There is, well, most of the men that I have spoken about on this podcast during these kind of times, they're just not, they're just not very liked. They're very mean, vile, violent. There's not a lot of good men. I'm sure there are a lot of good men, but specifically the things that I talk about, they just seem to be very, I don't know, unpleasant. But George seems, for the most part, to be a pretty decent man. He was a very proud covenanter, which we have spoken about on the podcast before. He was known to go out riding on the moors, pretending to be hunting, but in actual fact, he was taking food to the Presbyterians who were in hiding. He would do things like this often, uh, as well as just generally helping people who were in need. Being involved in Presbyterian activities also meant that he would be fined very large sums of money and he did pay them willingly. So during this time, uh, being involved with anything that was related to the Presbyterian church was basically illegal uh, and you could be killed for it. So I think him kind of standing up and saying, well, no, this is what I believe in is pretty brave. All of that being said, he was also known to be an avid witch hunter. He took part in countless trials and travelled all over Scotland to bear witness against these accused women. So although he did do good deeds, help the needy, etc., he was probably responsible for many of the deaths of these accused witches. In 1676, a young mute girl who went by the name of Janet Douglas moved into town and was employed as a servant girl at the house. While she was working there, Sir George Maxwell took seriously ill with a sharp pain in one of his sides and this illness just seemed to completely spring out of nowhere. Doctors couldn't really put their finger on what had caused George to become so violently ill and so quickly. And so, of course, if something cannot be explained rationally, the finger of suspicion began to point. The young mute girl Janet, who weirdly became unmute all of a sudden, accused some local women of witchcraft. Her theory was that George had taken ill because these women had hexed or cursed him in some way. I couldn't really find a motive for these apparent hexings. There's no real reason why they would do this to him. At this, and at this point, it just seems to be on the word of this young woman who was apparently mute, but is now all of a sudden miraculously regained the um, ability to speak. Three of the women she accused worked alongside her at the house, and the other was a local widowed midwife and her two children. Yes, that is right, guys. Both her children were accused as well, one of whom was 14 years of age. Janet claimed that if they searched the widow's house, they would find evidence of witchcraft. So naturally, they entered the house, tore it apart, looked through everything, and, you know, strangely enough, they did find some suspicious items. What they found were wax poppets, which in those days was basically just as good as confessing to being a witch. Now, there are reports of Janet knowing the midwife personally, so I personally think it's safe to say that those poppets were planted. Nonetheless, all of the women accused, including the midwife's two children, were taken into custody, but every one of them denied any connection to witchcraft. As these things go, the accused were almost always tortured and interrogated until they eventually confessed. They would be sleep deprived, different types of torture devices would be used and sometimes bargains would be made in return for confession. Understandably, 
all of the accused became so exhausted and pushed to such an extent that they eventually did confess. The trial began and they were all sentenced to death by burning at the stake. The only person who survived the ordeal was the daughter of the midwife, Annabelle, who was, as I said, 14 years old. For some reason, her sentence was changed and she was sentenced to jail instead. Although jail time in those days was probably just as good as a death sentence itself. I mean, can you imagine a 14-year-old being in jail? They would be pretty lucky to make it through, like, even in as today's standards if a 14 year old was to go to jail they're probably not going to make it through without some sort of i don't know trauma or injury or probably they're just not going to make it through but astonishingly annabelle actually did survive and upon her release she was taken to a convent to be reformed where she went from there it is kind of all over the place there are stories of her traveling to edinburgh and then being banished for some unknown reason. There is even an account of her being accused once more of being a witch, and she did stand trial. Although there are no official records or documents of this, I couldn't find anything factual. It's more just kind of a rumour. But can you imagine being 14 and having basically your whole family accused of witchcraft? being found guilty, your mum and your brother are burnt at the stake, you're taken to a jail, which she probably endured some pretty shitty things during her time in the jail. And then she goes on to be released, thinking that this is it, she's out, she's going to, I don't know, do things with her life. She's then sent to a convent where she is to be reformed. And then she kind of just goes from place to place, not really fitting in. And then she's eventually accused of witchcraft once again and has to start in trial again. Can you imagine how annoying that would be? Um, Also, Sir George Maxwell had actually died before any of the accused could be sentenced. And Janet Douglas, she just seemed to absolutely just disappear in thin air. I did, however, find a few accounts which are more like rumour or myth that state 20 years after the trials in Pollock, she managed to make her way to Salem, where she would then take part in the Salem Witch Trials of 1693, and I think everyone knows about the Salem Witch Trials. Again, this is just a rumour, there's no factual information to back it up, but I do think if that happened, that is really, really interesting. I did also see uh, a lot of accounts where Janet the girl who had the mute girl who had accused them she was described as being a witch recognizer or a witch not hunter but like she had these powers where she was able to walk into a room and spot a witch so a lot of people speculated that maybe that that's why she just appeared accused these women and then disappeared again but then that to me if you're if you believe that then you're believing that the people she's accused are actually witches and I think I said this in my episode on Scottish witch trials I personally don't believe that any of these people that were executed and burnt at the stake were witches I think it's just based on suspicion there's probably a lot of you know 
this neighbour doesn't like that neighbour, so they're just going to accuse them of being a witch. This person doesn't like how this girl looks at her husband, so she's just going to accuse her of being a witch. There's a lot of he said, she said going on. I don't think there's any factual information to say that these people are actually witches. And that's not me saying that there wasn't witches at this time. There, there, there very well could be, as there is today. There's people who practice witchcraft. But these people are not malicious people or hating people who are just going around you know killing the neighbor's cat or i don't know hexing crops to fail bringing bad weather i don't think that they're doing this type of shit so that's why i don't believe that any of the people accused and eventually executed were ever really involved in witchcraft so this theory of her being a witch recognizer i don't really believe that as far as the story goes, 100% I believe Janet did this out of some weird spite or issue that she was having, maybe with herself or others. I think that it could have been one of two things. I think maybe when she was working at the house, she is persistently described as mute. Every story you read, article, report, she's described as mute she is a mute and sometimes she's described as dumb which I think is mean so that's why I didn't describe her as dumb but I think maybe when George took ill she knew how much he hated witches and maybe she thought that her being mute maybe not as smart as the other girls and she's kind of seen as this oddball character she maybe thought that he would accuse her of you know hexing him or cursing him or whatever and she's fairly new into the house. So maybe she's paranoid thinking, well, if this goes to witchcraft, then it's going to be me that's getting accused because I'm new, I'm kind of strange. So I think to cover herself, she's just started pointing the finger at other people. And that's just the way it went. But also, I don't understand why she's mute. There's no records or reports telling you why she was all at one point mute and then the next minute she was absolutely fine she could speak properly without any issues very very strange the other reason could be that she had a genuine disliking for this midwife because she specifically mentions her and tells them that it's the midwife's home that needs to be searched she doesn't talk about any of the other girls she accuses them but she doesn't specifically mention homes or trinkets or evidence. It's the midwife that she specifically says, I think if you search her house you will find certain types of items that are related to witchcraft. So maybe her and this midwife had a disagreement or maybe she just took a disliking to her and maybe she planked this poppet knowing that she was going to accuse her in the first place. And as I said, it was known that they did know each other. So maybe something had happened that pissed Janet off and she's just planked this poppet thinking, hmm, I'm going to get this bitch accused of witchcraft. So that is my two theories. I don't really know. It's a very strange story. Also, I would like to name the people who were burnt at the stake because I personally feel it's important. It's a really sad, well for me anyway, it's a really sad part of history, especially here in Scotland where so many women and some men were tortured and killed unnecessarily based on accusation. Their names were Bessie Weir, Margaret Jackson, Marjorie Craig, Janet Stewart and her two children, John and Annabelle. And 
also I, I've also said this in my Scottish Witch Trial episode I find it really sad that we don't really learn about this in school or you know in history and stuff of course there are bigger issues in the world that we definitely need to teach kids at school so they have a better understanding but I feel like this is something that happened here in this country so I feel like we should be educated on it considering how many people were actually killed I mean if you go to Edinburgh there are so many different locations that you can visit where witchcraft is related so there's like the last place that a witch was hung or burnt at the stake there's like restaurants that are like have witchy names and are based if you go you'll find out some information about the witch trials there are hotels that are based on this kind of stuff there are plaques and statues that you can go see that commemorate the people that died so it's such a massive part of our history that honestly nobody really knows anything about when i first looked into it when we did our uh, witch trial episode i was really shocked at how many people were actually accused and killed so I think it's really important that people know about this stuff not just here there were massive witch trials throughout Europe and in America obviously the most famous being Salem so I think that it's a really weird part of history that we should really educate people on and I think we don't learn about it because it's witchcraft so people just assume that it's like it's not a suitable topic but it's important to know that these people were not actually practicing witchcraft well I personally don't feel like any of them are practicing witchcraft. Again, I think it's just hearsay. He said, she said. Uh, and I just think that there were men in power that should not have been in power. And they just had the power to just turn around and say, well, you know, you've been accused of witchcraft. We find you guilty. That's it. And also the means of retracting confessions from these people. I think if anybody was locked in a room, sleep deprived, was like dunked in cold, icy water, there was different torture methods being used on them. And if you've ever seen torture devices from back in those days, you will know they were pretty brutal and you would never get away with using them in today's society. I think anybody who went through that would say, basically confess to anything that you wanted them to confess to. But that's just my feelings on it. That's obviously not going to be everybody's feelings on it. That's just mine. Now, the ghost stories, I was able to find at Pollock House. There there's, there really isn't a lot, guys. There's, They're mainly centred around the burning of the accused witches. So, it's kind of like... Uh, I don't know if it's because they have a annual event there for Halloween where you kind of go and... You get to do like a paranormal investigation and walk the grounds and it's all very much based on the ghosts of these witches. Their promotion and their advertisements or advertisements are very much based around, oh, will you see a witch? Will you be accused of being a witch? Will you survive the night? Those kind of things. So I don't know if there is, well, I certainly couldn't find any, but I don't know if there is actual reports of people seeing the ghosts of these people or if it's just like this thing that they use kind of marketing to get people to go. Which yeah, I'm no proud to you. I absolutely love it. I would love to go and do something like this. But they're very much it's very much centered around that. There's not really a lot of other ghosts. But I did find a few reports of people claiming to have seen a large black dog on the property with big red piercing eyes who just kind of appears, scares the shit out of people and then disappears. I absolutely love that. I hope it's true. But that is pretty much the only thing that I could find as far as ghost stories goes. I mean, Pollock House is big, but it's not that big. 
and it was mainly the only it, it was mainly only one family lived in it so maybe that's why there's not as many ghost stories as some of the castles i spoke about because there has been different generations of families murders all that kind of stuff this is more just based on the story of these accused witches but that is everything that i have on pollock house if you ever get the chance as i always say please visit it it is a stunning ground it's a stunning house it's a, the gardens are beautiful um they do have a lot of seasonal activities they do have lots of things to do for kids so it would be a really nice drive and a really nice visit but before i go i would like to say that this episode is pretty short i did do a lot of thorough looking into this and this is all i could find i did try to look in uh, janet's backstory to see if she had maybe been in another village and done this and then moved on etc etc but there's absolutely nothing it's just this one story and a lot of it is speculation regarding what happened to them afterwards but while i was researching this my cousin who was with me at the time she was kind of asking what is it about blah 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 and i told her it's about witches and she was like oh my great whatever it is grandma was uh was actually accused of witchcraft and she's quite famous in faith and i'm sitting there like you have waited this entire time to tell me that you have a relative who was actually accused of witchcraft. And she was like, well, yeah, I just didn't think it was important. So we sat down and looked at her story and it is so fascinating. And she's actually quite famous in Fife. So I think that it would be a really good idea to sit down, talk about her story, go through her life, go through the things that she went through when she was accused and how that eventually ended up for her. I think that would be really interesting and I'm really interested to look into it because she is not directly connected to me but she is connected to someone in my family and I think that's really good and really I think that's really interesting. So that's what we're going to do Wednesday guys. I'm going to write out her whole story, make sure I can get as much information as possible into it, make sure I do her justice and come and tell you her story, what happened to her, what happened when she was accused and eventually what happened to her uh, after the trial so if that is something that you guys would like to listen to then please tune in on wednesday and let me know your guys's thoughts that is everything i have for you on pollock house i hope everyone has a good week and i will see you guys on wednesday bye guys (laughs)